0: It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Francis Queers. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor,
1: and today we will be looking at the at Francis squad for the 2022 World Cup.
0: Examination. and so we turn our attention to a discussion of the squad and we'll start by kind of going back to our uh, um, uh, notes that emerged out of previous podcasts and I don't think we need to say much about the first one uh, or oh, do you want to just kind of take us through the titles corner yeah so no outstanding leader was one point yeah that was a takeaway from the general history but we won't uh, dwell on that here um, Poor in, uh, in the
1: 2022-23 Nations League was our second point. Yeah, do you want to uh, talk about how they performed there? Yeah, I mean, we are aware of their September games. Um, they ended up surviving um, relegation, um, but just barely, and that was despite a loss to Denmark in their final game. Um, Croatia and Denmark had 13 and 12 points. France had just five points from their six games, a uh, point ahead of Austria, who had four. Um so, yeah, not a very good performance from them in the nations League, and uh yeah, lost that uh that final game to Denmark with fate in their own hands, but um ended up surviving nonetheless,
0: yeah, they lost both games to Denmark, which is interesting because they faced Denmark in the World cup here, yeah. and uh you know, after going through the players, we see that especially in those last six uh, nations League games, there was so much mixing and matching, a lot of it brought on by injury but That had to contribute to their poor performance, Connor.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Injuries and
1: uh, just inconsistency in in the lineup. It's hard to find partnership. It's hard to establish things. And again, that's, uh, you know, by this time with these kind of warm-up games for the World Cup, that's what you want to be doing, finding established partnerships. So a little bit disruptive, and and it almost
0: cost them dearly with relegation, but uh, they did avoid it. Right, uh, I think there was one more point from the uh, from the um, takeaways. Yeah, uh, they were characterized by periods of strength and weakness. Okay, well, we talked a bit about that at the beginning. I think the main point being that uh, there is a bit of a danger for them uh, uh, following a good performance. They won the World Cup in 2020. Um, but when they did so in 1998 it was followed by a poor performance in 2002 and uh 2010 was a poor follow-up to a finals appearance in 2006. do you see that happening here connor uh, a bit of overconfidence perhaps i uh, i don't think so and hopefully france will have learned from their history
1: um deschamps i think has been around the club long enough um being there as a player and and um you know, perhaps on the wrong end of things as well. So I think this France team, um, even though they were a little bit disappointed with their Euros performance, I I do think that they will uh, be strong and will get out of the group. All right. Uh, a couple of other general points. Yeah. So one is, will France go with, with veterans or, or the shiny
0: baubles that are their new players? Well, they have a lot of shiny baubles for uh Uh, For new players and I don't really have an answer to this question. I suppose uh, A lot of it comes down to whether these injuries are brought into the cup or not
1: Yeah, and I think some of the veterans we mentioned Benzema coming off a really good season Giroud, you know playing an important part with uh, AC Milan Um, You know Varane now kind of getting back near the Man United lineup. They have some veterans who are still performing at a high level Um, with France you have so many players to choose from and there's new players popping up all the time um so yeah I, I think it's a question for deschamps to manage veterans playing well but lots of new players kind of always banging on the door
0: yeah well some of those new players were definitely brought in uh, as uh, injury replacements so it wouldn't shock me uh despite their incredible club affiliations it wouldn't shock me to see them kind of um discarded if the uh, if the veterans return, especially those that just popped up in September.
1: Yeah, and then our final point is, is how will the many injuries be
0: navigated? Uh, we will follow up with a, an injury report and when they're due back, uh, but it does seem certain that at least a, a couple of the defen- uh, definite and likely candidates that we talked about in the player by player section uh, will be out for the cup and uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, okay, well, let's take a look at club affiliations. We've uh, kind of talked about it through the player by player podcast, but um, any uh, uh, general comments other than wow, Connor? Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be up there with the best in the world. Um,
1: and interesting, I, I think and probably a strength of France. They're not just all from one country. They have top players in in England, Germany, France, Italy, uh, Spain. Um, So they're well spread out. I think that that diversity probably helps them. Um, But yeah, kind of if there's a big club, they probably have a French player on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, it looks like a a description of say the top eight of the Champions League club. I mean, there are a couple of uh, smaller clubs, if you want to call them that, like West Ham, Uh, Aston Villa, Reims, maybe not the top-tier teams, but uh, second-tier teams. Um, But my, even those are few and far between amongst, you know, Real Madrid and Chelsea, Juventus and uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah. To say nothing of uh, Paris Saint-Germain where, uh, you know, they play for the top top clubs in France as well. So, um, again, my concluding summary there is, wow. Okay, well, we've put together a a couple of statistics uh, on the squad itself. So um, it's kind of interesting that um, to consider how many uh, players are kind of on the slate overall uh, and how many are kind of under serious consideration and how many we have in the definite and likely category uh, tells us something about the team. Um, And Connor, we have... um, uh how many on the slate uh overall yeah 57 in terms of players that have been called (laughs) up uh
1: since 2020.
0: okay well that compares to an average of uh 51 so again maybe because they brought in a lot of players to cover those injuries it's a bit it's a bit higher than uh, normal but uh they can only bring 26 to the cup so that means um Basically, thirty-one of the players we've talked about here will have to go. Yeah, uh, but uh, we look at players under consideration kind of as the ones we had in the definite, likely, or possible category. How many of those are there? We we have thirty-six. So I, I'd also imagine
1: that's probably a slightly higher than average number.
0: Yeah, not as much as the total number of candidates, but um, uh, it is quite high. So. Again, not dead sure what that stat means, except perhaps a headache for the coach uh, who has to cut 10 of them. Yeah, 10 at least, you think? Yeah, I mean, it may be made a bit easier. I think, as we said, a couple of the definite unlikely ones may may be cut because of injury. Um, But while they have so many players to choose from, it's got to be a tough task for them to reduce it to 26. Yeah uh, their average of definite and likely is is actually kind of in range so um it's really just kind of the the likely players or the players more on the outside but that means Connor just room uh beyond these definite and likely players for just four four of the possible players that we've talked about
1: Yeah yeah 22 in in that category um I mean there may be some surprises I I suppose but I think when they're healthy, which is obviously the big question mark right now, um, you, you know, I, th- I think I then it's, they kind of know who their best players are, but there's a lot of experimentation and we may get some surprises out of that.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and I think the injuries will uh, uh, will end up throwing up a couple of surprises too. Uh, we, we've been looking at the average age of squads and generally uh, teams are between 25 and 27 years old. Uh, 26.7 is on the higher end. Yeah, brought up by a few veterans, I would think. Yeah, I'm just looking at that now. And they have a couple. uh, Well, Steve Mandanda we had as uh, possible, but he seems to be kind of going off the team. He's 37. Uh, Lloris is 35 and Giroud 35. Benzema 34. And in all, they have about eight players who are uh, older than 30 uh any comments on that uh, do you think that's a negative uh i don't think in france's case because a lot of those players that are over 30 are still
1: playing at a high level for very big clubs so in in some cases it might be a, a lack of renewal but we know france has young players they can choose from i i just think they have have veterans performing well so i think um i think that's good and i think it's good to have some hangover from the last world cup um when they won it because that experience will will should prove
0: helpful yeah. And as you say, they certainly have enough young players to replace them. They have, uh, seven players, uh, who are 23 alone, uh, or that may be eight and then, uh, five players who are younger than 23. So, um, most of those tend to be in the, in the possible category, but they're certainly, uh, promising players. Yeah. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, probably um, chief among them, with twenty. Uh, he's just 23 years old. I guess hand-in-hand hand with that is the number of caps, uh, 32.5 on average, which is, um, again, slightly higher than uh, most teams. The average I have among teams is 27. So, uh, again, kind of going along with that veteran. Any comments on that? No, I, I think of a lot of the points we covered in the age. They do have some veterans with some higher age, but a lot of caps, and that, that could prove useful. Yeah. Uh, do you see France as a particularly high-scoring team?
1: I do. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably one of the strengths. I mean, they're strong all over the field, but you know, we're talking about some of the attacking players who aren't starting or, or even on the fringe of the squad who would start for a lot of other countries. But yeah, yeah. Um, a front four, I guess, only have room for three. A Giroud, Benzema, Griezmann, and Mbappe is, you know, that's goals wherever you look.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, among my stats here, they are actually, uh, have the most goals. Uh, the average is 118, and they have 191. Wow. And uh, sorry, I haven't been filling in the um, uh, the graphic on the YouTube here, so I'll just do that. But that works out to 5.5 goals for play or whatever that, um Uh, that stat is worth, but that too is way higher than most other teams. Um, It's Argentina who comes in next at 5.3, so um, teams well known for scoring. Uh, just to give you a couple of percentages here, uh, I'd say anything above 40 for for a forward, 40% is a really good stat. And uh, just looking at their top players here, we have, uh, Olivier Giroud um, with forty three percent, that is amazing over his long career. Uh, Antoine Griezmann and Karim Benzema both at thirty eight percent, and uh, Kylian Mbappe at forty seven percent. So just as you said, uh, whoever they choose among those forwards, they're uh, quite well known for scoring. Yeah, that's amazing goal
1: ratios among yeah so many other players.
0: Yeah. Uh, perhaps a bit of a concern though is uh, where they're getting goals among uh, uh, the other players because the uh, the highest stat I see, there's really no one above uh, 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 17% uh, except for Kambinga surprisingly who has four goals in 19 games so maybe not enough uh, games to really um, uh, consider it a, a valid stat. but. Uh, are you surprised by that, uh, Connor? Kind of a low percentage among those non-forwards? A little bit surprised, especially given some
1: of the names. But um, I guess when you've got forward scoring at the ratio that they have, it's I guess it's a little bit less important to be, be getting goals from elsewhere. Yeah,
0: well, certainly uh, you're right. There's no uh, no concern with them not being able to score goals. Unlike Australia, who is in this group, uh, who, who uh, we're going to see, uh, do have a bit of a concern there. But let's move on to uh, player issues to watch. Do you want to tell us maybe about uh, some of the issues in defence? Um, so I guess starting at the goalkeeper position, is
1: is Loris's is starting position under challenge, do you think? What do you think? I think probably not. Um, he, he's still playing well for Tottenham. He's renowned as one of the best in the world, and he's captain. So he hasn't been in the... Um, the last couple games but i i think he's their starter and i don't think there's really any threat to that
0: yeah in the player by player we pointed out that uh, uh he started only two of the six uh recent nations league game but uh there doesn't seem to be any uh kind of issue there um and so perhaps just giving those backup keepers a bit of field time um that's what i would guess yeah this is a uh, next one's a real issue though what's that
1: yeah, too many central defenders.
0: Uh, yeah, that comes down to uh, the uh, the number of injuries they had. But it was really stable, actually, in the cup and in the first part of uh, World Cup qualifying uh, with Kim Kimbembe, uh, Kimbembe and Varane. Um, but then they started introducing all sorts of players. And uh, as I said uh, in the player-by-player, those two September games uh, featured... Uh, three-man back lines in both cases. The only player who played both games was a player uh, introduced in September. Um, Sorry, I'm just um, looking for the name here. Yeah, that was Daddy Ashley, I think. Yeah, right. So he was introduced uh, new, and then the other four uh, were all all different players. So things seem... uh, uh, very uncertain at the back, uh, and I don't think we can just put that down to injuries. No, I, I I agree. I think injuries have been a part
1: of it, but I think they're trying to find the right formula. They didn't have a great Nations League campaign, conceded
0: more goals than they would have liked. So I think it's a little bit of
1: trying to get the right balance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a snake eating its own tail there because. Uh, did they perform poorly in Nations League because of the mixing and matching, or uh, you know which one caused uh, which one caused the other? Do you have an opinion? I, I think if France can can get back to their first
1: choice, and I think both Varane and they are part of that, that should add some stability. So, um, yeah, I think if they can call on the, the the combinations they want, then that should lead to some improved performances. That's my feeling.
0: Yeah. Well, that actually leads nicely into the third uh, concern we have, or the third uh, issue in defense.
1: Yeah, and that is will veterans Dean
0: and Pavard hold on to their positions? All right, well, you talked about returning to the uh, stability of uh, Kimpembe and Bahrain in central defense. Um, uh, There are definite challenges to Deane as the uh, right back and Pavard as the left back. Uh, do you see it as wiser to go in back to those veterans, Connor?
1: Um, possibly. I, I think it's a position where we're playing in a left wing back. It requires a lot of energy up and down. Um, so it, it's kind of who can fill that role, especially if they do go with three at the back. Um, so I, I think France has good cover in those positions. I don't think it's. Um, you know it's as big a concern I don't think probably has a big of an impact on on their defensive shape who they put in there so we may even see them
0: rotate in the cup potentially yeah yeah good point and about two-thirds of the time we saw that it has been a left wing back played by a left back um uh, and that seems to be the preferred formation okay let's move on to the midfield
1: All right. So the first issue that we've identified is too many central midfielders.
0: Yeah, very much similar to the central defenders. Again, injury, uh, <clears throat> injury playing a role, but the, the same story, a lot of experimentation towards the end in those nations league games and, and, uh, did that lead to the poor performance? How much of a role was injuries in all of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we won't repeat all that here. Uh, but then one other issue, Yeah, and that's whether uh, N'Golo Conte is losing ground. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if he's fully fit that uh, they will want to use him, but that's a big question. He's had a lot of injury concerns. Do you think he'll be the starter? I think what
1: you said is correct. I think if he's fit, um, he will start. I think he's been an indispensable part of France in the past, but he is 30 now um, and, yeah, has been in and out of the squad, so that, that may open the door for replacement or or someone new, I I still think at this tournament, though, he would be first choice if fit.
0: Yeah, well, fitness is very important. I mean, he's famous kind of for being uh, all over the field and maybe, uh, you know, when a player like that hits their 30s, they don't have the energy to do it. And if fitness and injury is a concern, um, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is losing ground. Uh, (laughs) In the attack, uh, we kind of have the same issue with um
1: yeah sorry that's uh is Giroud making a comeback
0: yeah I guess that's not the same issue as Kante but uh a veteran player who never seems to uh uh age to the point of being off the team but do you see him as a starter
1: I guess it does depend a bit on Benzema's injury he started the last two but Benzema wasn't there um I think Giroud is probably happy to accept any role obviously I'm sure would like to be starting but if he comes off as a sub, he's a heck of a good sub to be bringing on. Um, you know, if, if France need, need a goal, he, he's he's someone
0: who's kind of, for club and country, always seems to come up with big goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, we'll see uh, when the cup comes around. Uh, but we have quite a bit of business here to do with new players and especially injuries and not so much with notable absences. But we went through the bios of all these new players um in the player by player so we'll just kind of point them out by name here uh do you want to take us through that
1: sure um so in new players
0: for goalkeepers we have alphonse areola and mike manian um, right. in- oh and um, we consider those two definite candidates except Maignan is a bit of an injury risk which we'll get to soon
1: yeah um in center defense um there's there's several indefinite, we have Jules Koundé and William Saliba. And then in, um, um, uh, possible. sorry, possible, yeah. we have uh, Deo Upamecano, Benoit Badiashile and Ibrahim Konate. Um, those are the,
0: uh, the center backs. Right, and uh, Jules Koundé and uh, Ibrahim Konate are injury risks among those. And uh, just a note, Jules Koundé often plays on the, uh, uh right as a right back rather than as a central defender, but does do both. yeah then we have
1: um Theo hernandez um who's a, a likely candidate and Furlon Mendy, who's possible. They're both newcomers in left defense. And then I, we have, Theo Hernandez, a bit of an injury concern mm-hmm.
0: there.
1: yeah, sorry, and then in uh, right back we or right defense, we have uh Jonathan clubs um who we consider
0: likely yeah, likely. And, uh, all right, yeah, moving on to the midfield. Yeah, we have a definite um, in-newcomer,
1: Aurelien uh, Um He's a defensive midfielder. And then okay. um, we also have Matteo Guenduzi as a central midfielder, a newcomer, but we consider him likely. And then as a secondary striker, we have Christopher Inkuku, or Nkunku,
0: um, the Leipzig player. Right, so uh, surprising, really, how how many of those young players have made uh, inroads into the squad? Yeah, uh, it is um, some opportunities. The, the position, probably, where they
1: struggle the most with injuries, which is notably centre centre defence, where you see the most newcomers. But yeah, it's a lot of names um, who will be pushing um, for the squad, or some that we think will be there already.
0: Right. Okay, well, uh, injuries, maybe if you uh, uh, tell us who it is, and I can give an update or the, the latest on uh, where their injury seems to stand. Yeah, so first we have goalkeeper Mike Manion. Right, and uh, again, he was a definite candidate. However, he's got a calf injury, but he is expected back on October 20th, as we said, in the player by player So uh, not too much danger there.
1: Yeah, in center
0: um, defense, we have Jules Koundé. Yeah, and a definite candidate who uh, who plays uh, on the right, perhaps even a little bit more than in central defense. Uh, He has an Achilles tendon problem, but he's expected to be back in time for the cup. Uh, The return date is predicted as October 15th. Yeah, then we have Lucas Hernandez in the same position. Yeah, Lucas Hernandez was uh, was a left back for a long time, but uh, is not, is coded as a central defender, and usually in a three man defence, we have him as likely. Uh, but he has a torn muscle bundle with no return date. I kind of feel like no return date is not good news, Connor.
1: Yeah, I agree,
0: um, especially with the tournament just uh, kind of two months away. Okay, I'm going to highlight him in red uh, if, there, uh, if there seems to be a serious uh, risk of them not returning. And uh, we'll be updating this in the uh, November podcast, so or in the November media cast, so um, keep your eye out for that one. Uh, Pernell Kimpembe. Oh, you're, you're introducing them. Sorry. That's all right. I, uh, I'll just repeat it then. Pernell Kimpembe, uh, he's also an injury risk. Right, we have him as a likely candidate, the central defender, and uh, had a hamstring injury, which is usually kind of a long-term thing, but he is expected back October 24th. Yeah,
1: Um, and then we have Ibrahima Kunate, also in central
0: defense. Yeah, he was on the injury list, but the last time I checked, he wasn't. So he was out for the last two games. Um, I can't remember. Oh, it was with a knee injury um but it's not on the injury list anymore so perhaps uh perhaps we'll take him off the list here yeah onto the left defense we have uh luca dean and do you know anything from your personal uh knowledge there he has an ankle injury with no return date no i don't have any
1: additional information on his injury
0: okay well we have him as a uh, a definite candidate but of course uh only if he's fit so a bit injury prone uh do you think luca dean
1: um tough to say tough to say he may be um i i yeah i'm not sure he might need some more game time too which would be a question he hasn't played much for villa this season
0: yeah yeah he he's uh kind of been out with injury a few times okay who's next um next we have theo hernandez Okay Theo Hernandez uh, we again a likely candidate here but um, I'm gonna put luucabine uh, in red there uh, because that seems one of the more troublesome ones. Uh, Theo Hernandez would be his replacement but he was injured for the last two matches and he too has no return date on a muscle tear so um, a bit of a desperate situation on the left uh, uh, left back position there Connor. Yeah, a little bit, for sure. Though it does open a, a door to um, to Ferland Mendy in that position. Yeah, right. And he played the last two games in September, so that could be a blessing for his career. Um, God, that is uh, five defenders. Are we done with defenders? We are, but we'll move on to midfield,
1: and we have uh, some more injuries here, um, starting with Bubakar Kamara
0: all right well he's out with a knee injury we only have him as a possible candidate uh, in the first place uh, he's expected back november 22nd and not to put you on the spot here but do you know when uh the first game or when the world cup begins
1: it's right around that time it's that yeah kind of right around november 20th so if he's just getting back and he's only a possible candidate i might uh, spell the end for him
0: yeah i i agree with you there uh adrian rabio uh, oh I'm stealing your lines again. That's all right. Um, just as well, he's, he's no longer listed as injured. So. Okay, well, we won't even put him on the list. He was uh, out with a calf injury uh, for those September games, but um, uh, fortunately, because he's a definite candidate, if, uh, uh, he's no longer on the injury list. So let's move on. Yeah, next we have Kingsley Coleman. Uh, we consider the right midfielder a likely candidate and um, he doesn't have a return date with a hamstring injury. Oof! Doesn't look yeah. good, Connor. No, not so good for him. Yeah. Okay, and uh, uh, are we done with midfielders? I think we are. Yeah, just two
1: forwards to mention as the list grows, um, beginning
0: with Karen Benzema. All right. Well, Karen Benzema uh, was on the injury list. Uh um, he's had actually a couple of injuries in the, in the period that we examined, but no longer on the injury list. Uh, so maybe that means Giroud will go back to being a substitute, but um, Giroud did kind of replace him in those September games. Yeah. And then finally we have Anthony Martial. Okay. I'm going to take Kareem Benzema off cause he, he's not oh, on the most recent list I saw, uh, but Anthony Martial, uh also with no return date but the um the diagnosis there is an achilles irritation which doesn't sound that serious but sometimes niggles can be what do you think
1: it it might just be uncertain too um maybe they can't put a date on it um again he's someone that you know kind of on the fringe of the squad so um probably doesn't help his cause he probably need to be making a push to play regularly and very well to try and squeeze in but um yeah, the Achilles irritation will probably hinder that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think he'd have to have a good spell with Manchester United over the next few games to uh, uh, to get in, and and that doesn't really look likely. Okay, well, let's uh, take a look at a few absence uh, a few absences, and actually, we're going to kind of go back to uh, the 2018 World Cup here, since some of our audience uh we'll basically follow teams from world cup to world cup um, do you want to take us through that connor yeah some of the names we mentioned and we
1: gave their bio so we'll just mention it by name but we have steve mandanda the goalkeeper
0: yeah we still have him as a possible candidate but uh, quite a few players ahead of him and and he's getting old uh um even for a goalkeeper yeah next we have kurt zuma uh, yeah, yeah, we said uh, Kurt Zuma um, missed the last eight matches, so uh, seems to be off the squad. But we do have him as possible but unlikely. Yeah, and then we have Samuel Mtiti. Yeah, we said during the player by player that he kind of came in quickly and uh, went out quickly, so had a good uh, Euro 16 and 2018 World Cup, but um, uh, hasn't played since September 2019. Yeah, and then one other player we'll mention um, is Blaise Matuidi. I mean, if I was following World Cup to World Cup, I'd kind of wonder where he was. Uh, He was a sub in the 2018 World Cup, but then uh, gained a starting position. And uh, he's a familiar name to me, but he wasn't even around for the uh, Euro 2020.
1: Yeah, he's actually um, 35 years old um, and was with Inter Miami most
0: recently. He has 84
1: caps for France. Um, but yeah, none recently, so we have him as an absence.
0: Yeah, so all in all, that's uh, that's not bad, Connor. They still have uh, most of their big names still around. Yeah, a lot of veterans nearing retirement, but not there yet. Okay, well, let's finish by looking at who we think is going to be the starters. And basically, uh, we won't try to define the substitutes, but anyone who's in the definite or likely category that we don't identify as a starter is probably going to be... Uh, uh, a substitute because we have them uh, as definite or likely to make the squad at least. So, uh, what do you think for goalkeepers, Connor? Well, for goalkeepers, I, I think it has to be Hugo Lloris as as the starter. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there's. Uh, I think Mike uh, Maignan will be second if he's fit, uh, and we should actually put Didier Deschamps as the manager as starter. Uh, we have two definite candidates, so they will probably be the backups. Uh, do you see any central defenders as um as starters i mean
1: I, I i think if if they were healthy there's a there's a few i could i could um put down and, and kind of look at also who played recently in major tournaments for them as giving some indication mm-hmm. um, they've they've used that that three four one two formation um probably being their most common formation um so possibly there's three to pick from. I would say that Raphael Varane and Prahl Kimbepe are probably the two most likely, and then would probably add Jules Kounde in as a third. But how do you see it?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, in principle. Um, I, um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be confident enough to say Kimbembe and Varane. Uh, they were the kind of the starting two for the Euro Cup and. In the first half of the games we examined, but they've been kind of off the team um, so I'm just not confident enough to uh, to put them as starters. but I do think you named the top three candidates there. Yeah, they're not the ones who played most recently, so that like you said it, that does add some
1: variety. I'm probably not hundred percent confident on anyone just given um, how
0: how what the situation's been. Yeah, me too. In terms of starters, I think we've got probably five, uh, five players there who will reach the final squad, but it'll kind of maybe come down to injuries or form. Or uh, Yeah, I'm not really confident enough to nominate any of them. Yeah. How about left back?
1: Um, I think there's a couple injury concerns to Digne and Hernandez. So I think Furlan Mendy, who played the two games in September, is probably the most
0: likely to start at this point. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I'm not quite ready to highlight his name in green, but I think he could slide in ahead of the other two uh, because of their injuries. Uh, Do you want to highlight any of those? Tough to say because it depends who's going to be fit.
1: So yeah, maybe it's best not to kind of stake a claim on anyone's name at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. How about on the right side? I do see Benjamin Pavard as probably the most likely candidate, um, just partly because of the inexperience of some of the players
0: behind him, so I would say Pavard would, would likely be starting it right back. I'll go along with that. I actually think Koundé is kind of the backup in that position, and Pavard hasn't been uh, uh, playing as much recently, but uh, he's one of the um, the the ones I'd be more comfortable with highlighting. Yeah. Uh, defensive or central midfielders, the uh, usually the back two or, um, yeah, usually the back two. Well, we, mm.
1: we mentioned it when we talked about midfielders is that Conte and Pogba are probably the two most likely to start, even though they haven't been involved kind of consistently um, over the last several months. Um, but what do you see? Do you see those two as starting
0: or do you see any newcomers kind of taking a, a spot? Uh, we have Rabio as a, a definite candidate, but he, he can play all over the field. So uh, he might not be a central midfielder, but maybe on the right or even a bit more attacking. Uh, I agree with you about uh, Kante and Pogba, but I'm just not confident enough that um, uh, they just haven't started enough games recently enough for me to, to think that they, they're going to be a starter in the cup. Yeah, we should mention that Choumani started the two games in
1: September, um, so that could be some indication if it is going to be someone else.
0: Yeah, uh, that's right. He's the the uh, actually yeah among the candidates that we have here. I would say Chumene, um seems to be the most likely starter now. Are you confident enough about that to highlight it?
1: Probably not him yet, just because I'm not sure about Pogba and Conte. But um, if you feel confident,
0: then then go for it. No, I kind of agree with you. I think uh I think it depends on uh injury concerns and stuff like that. So we're not doing well here in nominating the starting squad. Any left midfielders?
1: I think given that we've seen they often play fullbacks in the in the left kind of winger position, um I don't see any of the names we have as likely starters. um They just haven't played enough regularly
0: yeah me neither we only have usman dembele as a possible candidate to reach the squad so i wouldn't be nominating him as a starter how about kingsley coleman on the right midfield yeah we mentioned his big injury concern
1: um so yeah probably unlikely um yet to make the squad so yeah i don't see a starting position but injuries again rear their ugly head
0: yeah uh left wingers and uh um that's as you said usually played by the left and right back and we weren't uh sure uh about those either so we're really not doing well here right wingers they don't even have any players nominated as a right winger um so we uh probably won't choose any of those but i think we can do a bit better with the forward line
1: yeah i think uh mbappe and griezmann are, are nailed on starters and i would give benzema the edge over giroux um if he's fit,
0: yeah. Given that he's not on the injury list, I'm actually uh, uh, ready to highlight him in green. Do you have any major objections to that? Nope, not with uh, not with Benzema. Okay. Well, a lot left up in the air. They certainly have a lot of great players to choose from, but uh, none of them have really been playing uh, regularly enough uh, for us to nominate a lot of starters, except in the forward line. Uh, where we're quite confident about where starters but uh, it'll be interesting to see maybe we'll have uh, a bit firmer opinion in the update podcast yeah hopefully okay well that brings us to the end of this podcast um that update podcast will be coming out uh probably in mid-november once the final rosters are are published and we'll uh talk about any developments on the team especially with injuries when it comes to france
1: yeah, and meanwhile, keep an eye on us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a pH in the middle and an S at the end. And our website, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. And check the, the show notes uh, for links to our website and previous podcast
0: series. All right. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>